Young people have always been at the center of the gospel and close to the heart of God. In these youth-targeted messages, Bishop Edwin Ogo of the Lighthouse Chapel International delivers the principles of the Word of God in a down-to-earth style that young people relate to and enjoy. When you are spiritual, you become lively. You become alive. When a sister is spiritual, she becomes alive. When your spirit is alive, you are very active. I mean, you cannot be in a service like this and not be active. Bishop Edwin Ogo is an international minister, evangelist, and pastor of the Adenta branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International. Join us now as Bishop Ogo shares the word of God. Are you excited for what is coming? Or... You know, we'll be hearing about some rods some rods how many of you remember the, the 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 rods do you remember some rods are you preparing yourself to receive such rods are you receiving wisdom from the from the series are you receiving wisdom from the series yeah don't just take it and go away or apply it to your life and become a wise person you will be 17 but you'll be 14 the spirit but today i want us to stand up to our feet give honor to whom honor is due as usual you can clap your hands i want you to make some noise recognize the gift that god has given us and welcome to this pulpit the bishop edwin morgan Oko. come on make some noise Woo! Don't stop clapping for Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this afternoon that your power and your presence will be mightily here upon us. We believe that we will not be the same again. Thank you for the privilege to hear your voice, to hear your word, and to receive guidance. We praise and bless your name. Everybody just lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank him. Thank him for making it's possible for you to be here. That you are worthy. You have been counted worthy to be here. We thank and bless your name. In Jesus' precious and mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to welcome you to church this afternoon. 
You are blessed to be in church this afternoon. Something good is going to happen to you. That something good is going to happen to you. Something beautiful is going to happen to you. Something powerful is going to happen to you. You will never be the same again. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far. Far. Say far. Yes. Now, if the Bible uses a word to describe you, you must not find it difficult to use it on yourself. You must not find it difficult to see foolishness in you. Yes. I mean, you yourself should see that. No, 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 no. No. This dress I'm wearing is foolishness. The dress I'm wearing is foolishness. I mean, what I'm doing in this boy's room is foolishness. Yes. Even coming here is foolishness. I'm just saying that don't try to be more refined than the Bible. Like, as for you, your parents raised you very well, but God's parents didn't raise him up well. Like, like you, are, you are fine. You are, you are good, well-behaved, well-nurtured. No. No. When the Bible uses the word foolishness, and you think that such words don't apply to you, what you may not know is that the next time that word is being used to describe you, 100 people will be using that word to describe your behavior. 100 people. That is why you must use that word to describe yourself first. If you see foolishness in you, you will expand it from your life. So, don't be miserly. Do you know a miser? Do you know, how many of you know who a miser is? I mean, the person, you know, spends money very small. Miser. Doesn't, you know, small, small. Small. Now, so I'm saying that don't be miserly in the application of the word foolish in your behavior, to your behavior. Yes. You must be quick to see that you are misbehaving. That is the message I'm preaching today. And I'm preaching for a short time. But I won't. So, so I'm, al- I'm already preaching. Already preaching that. I'm, I'm just saying that in your life, eh, I, I will. Pr- oh, no, 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 no. I will prefer that nobody calls you foolish. Yes, that you call yourself. You see, the Bible says, let me, let me, let me, see, this is, this is the point. This is the point. Turn your Bibles. The Bible is, is a book of great wisdom. Yeah. Great wisdom. It says that, First Corinthians says, in verse, chapter 11. First Corinthians, chapter 11. Are, are you all listening to me? 
I'm saying that I have a desire for you young ones that even though foolishness is bound in your heart, my desire for you is that nobody will call you foolish. Amen. Nobody will call your behavior stupid. And I'm saying that the way to this desire is when you yourself, have you seen the verse there? Verse what? First Corinthians 11, verse 31. 31. Do you see there? I'm ending. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. This verse alone is okay for us to close and go home. No, honestly, it's worth giving three offerings. No, please remember, I'm preaching about the rod of correction. And I'm saying that we can close. I've just given you a major wisdom key. So just take out a second offering and let's close. I don't think you need more than this. I should go inside. Oh, I mean, you see, what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that, I am choosing to believe the word of God. And the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, in the heart of a young man. Foolishness. Yes, and I'm saying that, you see, the fact that foolishness is part of you doesn't mean that people should be calling you a fool. Yes, Belinda is a fool. Kwame is a fool. Tracy is stupid. Michael is a fool. Have you not seen that Louise is a fool? He's stupid. Um, 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 uh, Jerry is an idiot. No. That's why I'm saying that it, it's my prayer. Well, whether my prayer will hold true or not, I'm just wishing that nobody will call you a fool. But, but if you also want people to call you a fool, that's fine. They will call you. But what I'm sharing with you is the wisdom I'm using for my life. Yeah. In my lifetime, I've had very few people call me stupid or foolish. And the way to have almost nobody describe you as a fool is when you call yourself a fool often. But I've seen that most people who are called fools, who are seen as fools, and who are really fools, don't apply the... You see, it will be applied to you. So better you apply it to yourself. If you don't apply it to yourself, then somebody will apply it to you. I mean, if the word foolish must be applied to you hundred times, I would prefer to use that hundred myself than to hand over 90 of them to people in town. Lord, deliver me from this life. Yes. The way not to have people call you foolish is by you calling yourself foolish. You must see foolishness in your behavior. <laughs> if you don't see, people will see it. If you don't see to correct it, people will see it in you because it is part of you. That's what the Bible says that 1 Corinthians 11, if we would, if we would, if we would, it is hoped, not, not if we judge ourselves, if we would, if your behavior would be that every day of your life, you look at yourself. Actually, look at the New Living Translation, NLT. NLT, NLT. 
NLT. Somebody who hasn't judged himself is sitting behind there. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Almost, the the word I want to use is not a very good word. But this is clearly, you see, you see, you see, you you are forcing me to preach. But, 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 listen, listen, listen. You are looking at a behavior. You see, it's a type of person. It's a type of person. Was it yesterday or so? I told a guy. I said, you are a type of guy. There are types of people. They said, you are a type of woman. You are a type of girl. You are a type of boy. There are different types. The person sitting by the machine is a type of person. Should I tell you something? One of the reasons why when we write exams, some people get 98 and some manage to get 30%, 28, 16%. And somebody is getting 78. Among many other reasons, one of the reasons I am familiar with is that people who get 23% normally don't solve a lot of questions before they go to the exam room. You realize, I mean, you're all in school. I'll throw this challenge to you. Next term or next semester. What subjects are you studying in school? You are finished. You are finished, what subject? Who is in school? What subject are you? Science. Maths. Okay. Let's say that last term you got 68 in maths. Next term, you can get 92. 92% in maths. Do you know how to get 92% in maths? Yeah. But that before the exam, you or yourself on your own solve a lot of math questions. That's how I got distinctions in school. I'm not, if you come close to me, you realize that I'm an average person. I'm not, I'm, in my school, there were super intelligent beings. Very intelligent guys. Yeah. I'm not a very intelligent person. Anybody who has been to school with me knows that I'm not at the, like, at the top, that we pass the exam. Well, some, when I was younger, I was normally at the top. I mean, generally, I'm an average type of person. Yeah. But my secret is that before I write an exam, oh, there's no pass question. There's no pass question. So the examination that is an exam for someone, to me, is a rehearsal. It's a rehearsal. I'm, I'm, I'm about to finish the preaching. This is, this is part of the preaching. I'm warming up to say something later. There's nothing I'm saying later. I'm telling you. If you are here, you want to get eight A's, seven ones, eight ones. Judge yourself. Judge yourself. So like this person who is projecting Jeremiah chapter 10, when I am in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, has not, you see, he's using, oh Lord, help them to teach, to, to understand. You see, it's like he's using the service to judge himself. But if he had judged himself, if he had taken the laptop with a message, any message preached by anybody that he practices, as the person is preaching, he's also there waiting. The person says something in the Bible, how to look up the, the verse. If he does in a week, if he does 10 of such things, he won't come and sit here to do what he is doing. But what you may not know is that from last week's, that since the last time he sat 
in front of a laptop. He has never used a laptop before to do this work. So, the question that some of us have seen four times, 78 November, we saw it, 83 November, uh, June, we saw it, 92 June, we saw it, 2004, the same question was repeated. So, as I am in the room, answering the question six, my sixth time, somebody is now seeing the question for the first time. Do you think we will get the same mark? So, judge yourself in your room. Yes. I don't know whether it, it is here or in Shine, but one of my next series I'm going to uh, preach is titled, What Are You Hiding? I'm not sure that to be here or up there, but I have it here. Yeah. What are you hiding? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a, it's a series I've already prepared. What are you hiding? So we are having a church service. We've come. You call yourself the main person who projects scriptures, who has been doing this for over a year. Oh, yeah. But still, you see that, um, even for the whole year, every time, I mean, he has never been on his own. That's the advice I gave you. Yes. And I hope you've listened to my advice. Yeah. If you don't, it will show. Then when you come, see that today, as we are all here, we are the ones judging him. Yes. We've seen that he's unintelligent. We've seen that he's not, the, the mind is not, is not well developed. Yes, because he hasn't judged himself. He hasn't spent time in his room. So the same, like exam. What if not solved exam? You've not solved questions. You are there. You go up and down the whole semester. Then the, the first time you are answering questions, past questions, it's in the exam room. You have not judged yourself. Not even once. Therefore, the examiner is the one going to judge you. But some of us, when we answer questions, our answers are used as marking scheme for the rest of the... Yes. We prepare the marking scheme by the answers we, we put down. If you will not judge yourself, you see, I'm, 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 I'm putting great wisdom in your hands. But you may, you see, most of you will not understand. And I think I've told you guys, Flaming Fire, that always buy the messages and keep them. Find a, a, a box and pack the CDs in them or some uh, pen drive. Have them. Don't worry that you don't understand them. In three years' time, in four years' time, it will be gold to you. If you do not judge yourself and see that you are, you are behaving foolishly, somebody will judge you. Me, anything I do, I ask myself, what are you doing? Or what are you about to do? Or what are you trying to do? Is this wise? <laughs> I prefer to ask myself such a question in my head. Than for someone to ask me the same question. What are you trying to do? What are you doing? Is this wise? Are you a fool? So those who, who know me. Always say that. One of the things I do. that I mention my name. I always say Edwin. Why? Edwin. Edwin. You should say Jerry. Jerry stop it. But if you don't say that Jerry stop it. I will say to you Jerry stop it. Yes. If you are playing the bass guitar, you should know. You should be able to tell yourself, ah, 
glee. You are off. This is rubbish. Yes. Glee, this is rubbish. This is, this is useless. But if you don't do it, then we will call it both loads. If you are a dancer, judge yourself. So, so as for the judgment, whether it's 100 times or 50, it's there. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 28, 48, 70. 70 judgment. Everybody, 70, 70. Now, who will use the judgment against you? If you don't use it against you, somebody will use it against you. That's why some of us, when we write exam, that it's not the exam that judges us. We have already judged ourselves. We worked the question before and we got the answer wrong. And we went back into the textbook and found the principle or that, that sentence, that, that factor we missed. Then we came back, solved it. So we are, as, as we are coming to the exam room with our pencil and eraser and compass and protractor and the, uh, 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 detractor, we have already judged ourselves. We are, I mean, the, the, the 70 judgments, we have already used them. But you, in the exam room, you are now coming to judge yourself. Let the one who has ears to hear what I'm saying, hear well. So today, really, I believe that this is, this is it. Yeah. Young boy, Sister V, judge yourself. Judge your Christian life. Because as for judgment, there's a judgment seat. That was there. Let me reverse. Do you do a reverse today? Yeah. Judgment seat. Is there? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Yeah. There is a judgment seat. But there are some people, before they go to the judgment seat, they have already judged themselves. And the Bible, not, it's not a poem I wrote. It's not a, like a letter and I had some nice idea. The Bible says that if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged. Not even by God. Not even by God. You have no idea how powerful you are. If you will judge yourself, your behavior towards your parents, your behavior towards daddy, your behavior in school, your behavior towards your, your studies, how you are not studying. Some of you don't learn, but you don't even know that you don't learn because you don't judge yourself. Let's see what the message Bible tells us. I don't know whether it's going to take us to Exodus. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened out later on. I'm preaching, oh, I beg you, and I'm ending. The rod of correction. The rod of correction. Actually, let me, okay, because I'm talking, I've not given the point. Please, let me just give it to you so I, I can end the message. Some of you must write a point before you know I'm preaching. So let me just give it to you. Uh, uh, um, today, the rod I'm talking about. The rod of self-correction. So write it down. Wow. Those of you who have gone beyond SS can add self-judgment. That's all. There's nothing more. You see, what you don't know, you see, today, let me tell you, I am, I am trying to reveal yourself to you that you are very powerful, that you can actually prevent God from judging you. Yes. You see, anybody who doesn't have this way of living your life, people will laugh at you. People will judge you and you don't even know that people are seen you in a certain way. You see, judge yourself. 
And before you judge yourself, you must know the standards. And if you are a girl and you cook, you can't even tell that you have cooked bogus food, bogus stew. Then somebody comes and rather asks you, that is this stew or light soup? Yeah. That question, is, is it stew? It's a judgment. Is this stew? I mean, the person hasn't said, he's just asking a question that, is this stew or light soup? You see, meanwhile, you have done this ten times old. But all the ten times, you did not judge yourself. You did not subject yourself to somebody with... You see, one of the ways to judge yourself is to volunteer, voluntarily offer yourself for criticisms. There's a program on cable television called... Uh, 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 the name is How Do I Look? Do you see the point? How do I look? Not see, see, someone should tell you how you look. It's part of your self-judgment. Self-correction is one of the highest ways to correct yourself. You see, if we get this straight now, we would have to be straightened out later on. If you don't correct yourself, somebody will correct you in a, in a very humbling way. Yes, very demeaning way. They will say something to you, you'll be surprised. You see, oh, hmm. on this call, I would prefer that most of you are melancholics. You look at yourself very carefully. Because sometimes, honestly, it's painful to hear some things from someone. Oh, yes. It's, it's only a few people I can talk to. I can say anything to. Because I'm aware that, that when you are saying, see, the person must receive you in a certain way. Like how your son, two years or six years, can easily come. When he has got some rashes, he can come and remove the mommy. Look at this. Uh-huh. That type of child is the one who you can say anything to. As for straightening, you will be straightened. But the Bible, the wisdom of the word of God is showing us that there is a way. There is a way. That you yourself, you can be a rod of correction unto yourself. Because, you see, if you don't train yourself, young girls, young boys, if you don't train yourself to correct yourself, you will discover that you see, have you not seen that when you when you wake up and you got some white something in your uh, uh, at the corner of your eye here, you, you, you are talking to somebody. The person is looking at you. You can't even tell. The, oh, there's something here, or there's some food here. Or one or two people can say, oh, there's some food here, or your eye. There's, if you go into the eye and try and remove the eye, take away. It's one, one, two, one. But most people will be smiling. <laughs> yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. That when you finish, you just wanted to go and wee wee. So when you went to wee wee, you were washing your hands and you just look at your figure in the mirror. Oh! You mean I was talking to my friend and I had saliva mark on my hair like that, my cheek. Oh! So, no, listen. Please, I'm, I'm finishing the message. Yo. As you live your life, you will have a pastor who will correct you. 
Reverend Kobe can face you. I can face you if I feel like it. But as for Reverend Kobe, he doesn't have to feel. He will talk. But some of us, we don't talk like that. We don't talk by heart. <laughs> oh, yes. You may, you, you may not know. Yeah, but because, no, before I, I will look at you carefully before I speak. I need to be sure that I'm not going to rebuke you and go home feeling bad. <laughs> yeah, the face. Kobe. The face. The face. Yes. And since I've been with Bishop Dagwood Mills for, uh, for years, one of the things I've learned is to look at face. Face. Yeah. Yeah. Your face will direct me right now. Oh, yes. Yes. How your faces will direct me. Yes. There's somebody I must talk to. I saw a face yesterday. Two faces, different faces. One, two people. They are all ladies. Yes. I, I don't know if I will have time. I must. Or if, if I don't have the time, I will call. Expect a call. Some of you should expect a call. When you see my call today, not tomorrow, today, remember that. Hey! Try and remember when you made that face. <laughs> yes. So, based on your face, we can't talk to you. We can't talk to you. I'm preaching. I don't know what to do. Look, don't trust people. Though. The same way they'll be looking at you with saliva mark on your white. I, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm, I'm getting to you. If, you, if. if you don't develop, if you don't develop the ability yourself and not depend on somebody, if you don't pray that God should help you with the paraphernalia, if it's a mirror, if it's a book, if it's a that, that, that you will arrange around yourself the ability that without somebody's help, you yourself will know. You will know. If you don't do that, eh, then you have left us with no other option than to speak. Yes. You may not like what we will say. Yes. Like yesterday, I saw somebody's face. But the person didn't know that I had seen the face. Yeah, so, when the person made the face and knew that I was, the person corrected the face, but I had seen the face already. Yes. I've seen it. And you are looking at, you call me a fool. Call me a carpenter. But everybody, I, I'm introducing myself, I'm a specialist, not in medicine or geography. I'm a specialist in facial recognition. Yes. Yeah, it's a gift. I'm carrying it. Even your smile, I can interpret the smile. That this smile means that you are bored. This smile is a smirk. Father, grant these little ones whatever they need to judge themselves. Yes. Because you cannot trust. I mean, Reverend Kobe loves me. He loves me so much, but honestly, I, and you see, sometimes, based on who you are, and which is also another point, based on who you are, people will be afraid to talk to you. Yes. Will be afraid to talk to you. Not, and sometimes it's not who you are, but what you have made yourself. Uh, because sometimes you are nothing, but you have made yourself big. So people are quiet. They don't say anything. Only good morning, good evening, good afternoon. And go to hell. 
Good morning, good afternoon, go to hell. Because you are really, 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 you are not, you are not a great person, but you have, you have arranged yourself and presented yourself in a certain way. Your father has money, your mother has money, or you are beautiful, or you are tall, or you are intelligent, or you had a, 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 you want spelling B to America, you want what, I don't know what you have, but there are people that they can arrange themselves. But when you get to know them really, really, say, oh, but I silly, silly, bear me. So, based on how you have made yourself, nobody can talk to you. So, you yourself, I'm talking today about self correction. Self correction. Have that ability. If you, if you, Come close to me for a day, very close. You are with me. Every, you hear me calling my name. So hardly will somebody judge me. Hardly. If I want you, I know it already. It's like what you are saying is not news to me. It's not news to me. Correct yourself. Correct yourself. Correct yourself. Judge yourself. Most of you are going to grow up soon. Then what, the next major event is a beloveddosis. And you must judge yourself before you get a beloved. (laughs) Judge yourself before you get a beloved. Judge yourself that your mouth is smelling before you get a beloved. Judge yourself. Some of you should, should judge yourself that your English were any good at this time. Me, I finished preaching. I don't know what you are sitting down doing. I said, judge yourself that your English were any good at this time. Otherwise, somebody would and and when someone says to you that your English, that, that, that grammar you use, that word wasn't good, it, it's painful. Oh, no, that, that's why I'm saying that. Okay, even if you can't exhaust all the seventy. I mean, try and use like 65. And you leave five to three to your best friend and one to your mother. Can you imagine your beloved telling you your mouth is smelling? Will you be happy? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. A child should have the ability to correct yourself. Self-correction. You should know whether you are going to heaven or you are going to hell. You should know. And correct it. That's why I didn't say the rod of self-assessment. It's not self-assessment. Self-correction. Which has within it assessment. You assess and you correct it. Some of you guys must assess yourself that you like girls too much. No. 
You see, the things I'm saying, you, you see, you were told, I'm just saying something that will bring excitement. No. Yes. You must know. If you don't know, you'll be surprised that on the day you are in your coffin, there will be four different sets of children. Which would have been the reason why you died. Because you died insolvent. Insolvent. But if you don't know, somebody will tell you. One girl that you break her heart will tell you in the face that you like girls. You like girls. You like girls. Some of you must assess yourself and know that you are a liar. You lie. You lie. You lie easily. You lie to man. You lie to God. You lie to Holy Spirit. In the Bible, there were people who lied to the Holy Spirit. Ananias, not to Peter. Peter says, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. Look, we are bad though. Well, I, I don't know how you were raised. I don't know which school you attended. But we are really full of problems. Yeah. It's just every day we sleep and wake up. It's just the grace of God. I don't know how God does it. How he has kept some of us saved for 32 years. 32 years in church. We've not gone back to the world to go to nightclubs. Since we came, we have been here 32 years. It, clap for Jesus. It's not easy. It's not easy. But we are not good. We are not good. The Bible says, man at his best is vanity. There is so much nothing in you that you, you, you will not even believe it. But unless you are brought to your knees as a young girl and life flattens you out, then now you are cool. I was talking to a pastor yesterday. He said, that brother, he's now cool. Cool. He has been judged. Look, I have a very powerful point to add, but I will not. I want to leave this impression. I want to etch it in your mind. Etch in your mind. Go home with it. But anybody listening to me who lacks the ability. Yeah, I'm not talking to these children. No. I'm talking to all of you. All of you. Everybody here. Anybody here who, who you cannot see yourself. That you are, as you are, it's like, honestly, I am, I'm a liar. I mean, look, who is that shepherd who said that he felt like kissing his sheep? Yes. See me, I'll give you money and clothes. Yes. It's, 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 it's that mo- Few people will talk that way. You will not say that. But I can tell you that you standing here, almost all of you have felt one day like kissing a sheep. You are not confessing. You are not confessing. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> to see somebody in church, you see, because he has already judged himself. So the Bible, he has already straightened himself. So he will not be straightened anytime. He assesses himself and hopefully. He has corrected himself. May God open your eyes to see your flaws. To see your mistake. Because you have mistakes. 
I don't know. It's just I'm saying that some of you, eh, it's not that people can't talk to you because of who you are. It's who you have made yourself. It's a presentation. It's a presentation. The way you have presented yourself. When we see you, we are afraid. We see you as an upper class boy. As an upper class girl. But really, you are, you are a liar. of you sitting here should judge yourselves and know that you are proud yes and there are reasons why you are proud it's true because you are a beautiful girl you are intelligent you went to GIS you pass your exam you speak good English when they look they're looking for a presenter to read the news on television you are the one they call in the school I mean, you, you, are, you, are, you are, so there's a reason why you are proud. But all these reasons should be like toilets. Do you know poo-poo? Like when you poo-poo, toilet comes out. That's how you should beat yourself. You are going to get big glasses. You are wearing glasses as if you are a great, nice girl. Meanwhile, you are nothing. nothing I, I i blame the boys and, and 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 that's how we are the boys who come to you and make you feel that you are special you are pretty you are good hi pretty hi baby hi girl i feel for you baby i'm getting a feeling now i get a feeling now when i don't see you i i i i, I get heart attacks when i see you i get heart erections hey! it has entered your head and you are full of yourself. Nobody can talk to you. When you have when you form your opinion, you hold on to the opinion in spite of contrary evidence. You wait. Everybody, Edwin, everybody, learn it all. Don't say you are a child. The ability to see red. In yourself to see green that I am wrong yes it makes you great why listen because that's why I say I don't know who your parents are and how I do but I'm telling you that you are so full of grease <laughs> you are so full of grease do you know grease grease so full of grease that you won't believe it but the ability, everybody, girl, boy, SS2, JSS, primary four, everybody, if you don't have it, eh, you will, you will crash. You will crash. There's a disease. Please sit down, otherwise I won't preach. I finished. There's a disease. It's a very dangerous disease. And if you have it, if, if, if your parent has it, then you, you, you should watch out. The disease is called diabetes yeah, it's, in fact some say that it came from the word diabolos devil yeah, devil's disease that if the devil wants to destroy you then he gives you diabetes diabolos there are two types insipidus and mellitus the mellitus is the sugar one but one of the things that makes diabetes very 
dangerous is that when it has taken over your life and your body, it causes a condition that is not so good. We call it diabetic microneuropathy. Your nerves. Your nerves. Neuropathy. It, it destroys your nerves. Now, see, as I'm walking now, um, if I feel pain, it's good. Ouch! It's a blessing. If there is no, sorry, sometimes I, I, I forget that I'm, I'm preaching in Ghana. I, I thought I was in Florida. No out. Ajay. Yeah. No out. We don't say out here. Say Ajay. Boy. Me Hey. Boy. One of your greatest blessings in life is your ability to feel pain. Because if you lose it, then what happens is that when you hit your foot, you walk about normally. Some of you sitting here in this service, you should be crying by now. Some of you should be in tears. But it doesn't even occur to you to cry. (laughs) Because you have injured yourself and you don't even know. So you are moving on. In the same place you hit yourself, your foot. Because life is not a plain road. There are are things, tree stamps, stones, objects, rubbish. So by us or hitting, you will hit. I'm preaching all. So when you keep hitting the same place, oh, like today, I said a story in the Bible about a woman Jesus met in John 4 who had married five men. Not boyfriends, husbands. Jesus himself said, except that the one she was with at the time he was talking to Jesus was not her husband because she was tired of having weddings. Now, when you have, as a woman, you have hit your foot against husband five times and you are still blaming somebody then it means that you are suffering from spiritual diabetes diabetic neuropathy poly, micro poly neuropathy you married five men five men, weddings five weddings, they've all sacked you and you can give a reason for each situation you're not judging yourself. And most people don't judge themselves. So diabetes, what it does is that. The same condition, you see, that makes you unable to, oh Jesus, help me to preach well. That makes, that, that takes away your feelings. It's also the same disease which is prepared for, the, you see, when you keep hitting, by all means, one day you have a cut. Then the same disease which has taken away your nerves, and taking away feelings has also in the same disease prepared sugar in your blood that the germs, the bacteria that will enter 
will have enough sugar to eat until ah, they give birth. The same disease. So your urine tastes like sugar. When you urinate, ants come there. Your blood tastes like sugar. You are just sugar. You are full. You are a strong sugar solution moving. Yeah. Oh, of course. You can imagine that you are about to die. That's what happens. If you lack the ability to correct yourself, you are on the path of annihilation. We won't find you. And anyone who is sitting here who is praying that God should help you not to make mistakes, you are a fool. No wonder, I won't wait for you to tell you. There's, God doesn't help you that way. You will make mistakes. Your ability to know that what you have done is wrong and then you correct it, correct it, correct it. You can have a great life after this experience. You can have a great life after, I mean, there was an exam I wrote in school. I failed. I've told you I'm not, I wasn't at the top. In the medical school, I failed. Final year. Final, 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 final. I was a pastor. That year, my child died and I failed. First time I failed the medical school. First time. Never, ever failed an exam. As soon as I failed, I went, I recoiled and went to look for how I failed. So the orals, viva, steeple chase, what is up? What, 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 what caused the failure? What was it? MCQs, then I began because I had assessed myself and corrected myself. Are you aware that there are people who fail exams, write again and fail? And write again and fail? You won't be like that. It will not be the story of your life. You will fail, but when you, the righteous eh, look, the seven times, I don't know why Solomon wrote that seven times, but I pray that you won't give yourself seven chances. Because by the time it is over, you are like Solomon himself. You have gone to marry a thousand women. They have taken your heart from, the, from, the, from God. You will die small. But David, David, he made mistakes. You remember he went to sleep with somebody's wife. He went to God, he prayed. God forgave him. But he suffered. But one of the things I like about David is that before Bathsheba, he, he, he was one in the Bible who had the spirit of self-correction. You see, and, 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 yeah, it's difficult for me to preach this message. I don't know how to say it for you to understand. You see, because I've told you already that don't trust, don't trust him. Don't depend on her. If she says something to you, praise God. But you yourself should have your ability. That if something comes from outside, you are just confirming what I feel already. But Paul said, you are just there. You cannot tell that you are about to crash your life. That one is a serious matter. And there are people like that. They leave themselves and go and bang. You won't be like that. I said, you will not be like that. I told you, there are times where you cannot, the people who must correct you are the people who will be encouraging you to misbehave. So it comes back to you. Tell your neighbor, it comes back to you. Tell your neighbor, don't trust me. I'm also not trusting you. Yes, I'm checking myself out. I'm judging myself. I'm straightening myself. So one day, David was being chased by Saul. Already, we all know that Saul, this is my last story and then we close. Saul had made attempts to kill David. 
he had thrown javelins. I mean, really. Only that David swept. If David hadn't swept, he would have pinned David to the wall. But he swept. He will swerve also. I said, he will swerve also. So, nobody in Israel was in doubt that if Saul got David, he would kill him, not jail him. He wanted the boy dead. So, David ran away. When he entered into the forest, some men came to follow him. They came to him to help him. Good men. Don't trust people. Don't trust Louis. Oh, don't try. Trust yourself. He's a good brother. I'm sure he brings you to church. He calls you, checks you out. But <laughs> there's a time eh, you, will, you cannot depend on him. If you depend on him, it means that is the day you are falling. And I'm telling you this story of David to end. Don't trust him. Oh. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. When he corrects you that your shirt is faded or your hair is not being cut well, there's some uh, question at the back here, whatever. Receive it. Check. It's true. But don't live your life depending on him. Yes. So David was in the forest. Saul would chase him from Dodoa forest and go to Ashaiman. Then he would run from Ashaiman to Dawenya. In the forest. To Akosombo. Swim across the Volta Lake. Move into Akwemufie. Forest. Truth. Read the Bible. Chasing him. One day, in the night, Saul was tired. Your enemy will be tired before he finds him. He was tired and he slept. I don't even know where. Ah, sorry. I know. His bodyguards were also tired. I said, your enemy and the bodyguard, they will be tired before they find you. So they were all lying down. Sana, one of David's men, had gone to see that Saul and his henchmen were asleep, snoring. So he came to say, David, 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 your time has come. Your time has come. The hour has come. He said, what? Saul, Saul, he's sleeping. Sleeping? Oh, David. You always preach to us. You wrote the Psalms. God has now handed over your enemy to you. This is the moment. We never believed it will happen. God has handed your enemy over to you. Which enemy? Saul? He's sleeping. Let's go. Come. David, get the knife, where the knife, put the knife, knife, go and kill the man. David said, what? God said, what? I should go and kill Saul. Hmm? Saul? I don't kill anointed people. Even if he's my enemy, I don't kill anointed, I may kill soldiers, I may, I may kill lieutenants, but and God's anointed me. Ha! If God wants him dead, he will kill him. God knows how to kill him. He said, are you out of your mind? Grown-ups with families, wives, children, you're in the forest because of this man. You won't kill him. David said, never. Never. May you have values that you will stick to. No matter the pressure you are under, May you not crumble like a cookie. So David, as a human being, I mean, no matter what you do, sometimes 
a little. So they put pressure on the guy. They said, okay. Okay, all right. They were still snoring. They could hear this. Okay. That's okay. But I will not kill him. But I'm just going to cut his kaftan. The long kaftan. Like here. I'm cutting just a small piece. To show him that I'm not a bad person. Do you see the point? That if I could come so close to cut a part of his kaftan. Then it means I could have killed him. The knife I used to cut it. I could have driven the knife in his chest. So I I will prove to Saul that I'm not a bad person. Under pressure. So David stealthily approached Saul. They were snoring dead. And he used the knife. Cut. The Bible says, the Bible says, as soon as, say self-correction. You see, because at this time, the, all the people in David's world were his men. If there was anyone to correct him in this world, it would be these men. These are the guys who want him to kill the man. So at this time, he has nobody except himself to depend on, to guide himself in the ways of God, in the way of pleasing God, in the way of what, there will be a day, there will be no father, no sister, no brother. In fact, you may have a father, but his advice may not be the advice God wants you to have. Like somebody who came to his father and said, he wants to be a missionary. He's going to preach as if break him or somewhere. The father slapped him. Yes. Because he'll slap you. He has sold Kente, sold Cocoa Farm to take you to the university, thinking that you are going to finish work in some rural bank or some eco bank and bring some money. Say you are what? You are now you are going to be a missionary. There's no mother, there's no father, but God is the one speaking to you to serve him. Later on, the father himself came to the church to tell the son that among all his children, he has done the wisest thing. So, 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 let me end. As soon as he cuts the shirt, the Bible says that his heart smote him. So he said, if our guy was correct, he would have been looking for the scripture and preaching him and, and, and he, he would be helping to preach. But he has not judged himself at home. So this is the exam he's doing there. Flustered and floundering. Sitting there. So David went over to the other side. Clap for him small. And stood on top of an hill. Far off. A great space between them. Next verse. And David cried. I don't know what, I, what, what he's giving us to read. But David cried. say, <laughs> if you don't judge yourself, eh, you will disgrace yourself in public. You're, this is live transmission. You are looking at it all. And as you are laughing, make sure it doesn't happen to you in your own life. <laughs> but the Bible says, as soon as David cut it, the King James says, his heart, David's heart, smote him. May, when you say something to your mother, may your heart smite you. Because your mother won't say anything. No. Something, so it's not every mother who will shout at you and say, Hey, Mafia, is that what you are saying to me? You will sell beans. No. Some mothers, like some mothers I know, 
They'll be quiet. You'll be, she'll be in her room. Quiet. Quiet. But that's your end. So if you, your heart doesn't smite you to come back and kneel down for her to forgive you, then it's over. David, just the piece of cloth he cut, he had a conscience. Because as for mistake, you will make some. Yes. As for shacking, you will shack. But your ability to see, David had smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Not skirt as in girl's skirt. It's a type of dress. Listen to me carefully, my dear brother. There's no fasting. There's no message. There's no quiet time. That will make you perfect. I wish I had that five-star message to preach. When I preach it, all of you will be perfect. But there is nothing like that. In the real life, we keep bumping our feet. Bumping our toes. Messing up. In our real life, we keep making mistakes. What keeps us going is our ability to have a heart that smites us. Because there will always be a day you cannot trust the person with you to help you to take a good decision. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These guys who were pushing David to kill, they had given their life. They, full, they, 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 they loved David. They left everything and were in the forest. Read the story well. In the forest. But there is a day the people who love you there's no amount of their love that can deliver you from the mistakes you will make. No amount. They may care for you, but if you depend on them, you are going to kill an anointed man. So, as you are with them, you appreciate them, you love them, you kill animals, you eat with them, but you, you on your own, you have within you the ability to correct yourself to encourage yourself. Remember the day they came back and their things had been stolen. These same men were insulting David, talking by heart. David was so sad. But the Bible says, and David encouraged himself. You see, your ability to handle yourself is a mark of your greatness. But if you are always going to live your life expecting Barbara to say something about your hair, Expecting William to say something about your dress. Expecting Tracy to say something about how you sang. Expecting somebody to say about how you and the boy are behaving. I'm, I'm telling you that you will enter a, a world there of love vessel. They love you. But they are the people driving you to your destruction. They are love. Like Peter. Peter, he loved Jesus. He said, you are going to Jerusalem to die over my dead body. Not me. Peter loved Jesus. He said, we have left all. He, he left everything to follow Jesus. But there is a certain time in your life, eh, you cannot even depend on the people who so-called love you. You cannot depend on your best friend. You cannot depend on your best teacher. You can't depend on your best brother, your best sister. You must have within you the ability, the ability to correct yourself. 
you lack it, you are dead. You lack it, you are dead. I'm, I'm not telling you to break up your friendship. I'm sure he says things to you. You correct yourself. Doesn't he tell you, you're, you've not tied your hair well? Or, or your skirt is too tight? Or this dress? It's nice. Receive all. But there will be a day like this day. The one who tells you your hair isn't tied well or your skirt is twisted is the one who is encouraging you to go to that boy. And when you look around you, there's nobody who can give you the mind that God has for you. Except you have the ability. You yourself know what God wants you to become. What God wants you to do. If you don't have it and you are always going to depend on someone, may you on that day, the day you are going to receive the counsel that will end your life, may you vanish. May you vanish. Today, we are talking about David because he smote his heart, smote him. Does your heart smite you? You can watch pornography freely and come and lead praise and worship. You watch pornography freely, you come and dance. You are walking about. I said, some of you sitting here, in the spirit, you should be crying. Ma, 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 ma. But it's a thought even done because you are suffering from diabetic polyneuropathy. Your nerves are dead. Your nerves are dead. You hold a girl's breast. You don't even feel that you are holding something you must not hold. You know, it's, a, it's a feelings. That all your feelings are sexual feelings. Romantic feelings. But the feeling of regret and pain. You don't have it. Hey! Where are you going? I, 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 if, if you ask me, I will tell you that my prayer for all of you is that nobody from today will ever watch pornography again. That's my prayer for you. But that's ideal. Some of you sitting here, next week, you see something. You, 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 you look at something. But what does your heart say to you? When you finish looking at it. You, you finish and you sleep. Wow. It's, it's, like, like, it's like you've eaten kinky. No. You're about to die. You're about to finish. But the one who falls and gets up. Say, you see, I did it, but it is wrong. It is wrong. Disagree with the devil. Never agree with the devil. Never agree. Even if what you did was wrong. Don't agree with the devil that it is right. Disagree with him. Even in the act. Tell yourself, it's wrong. The day he can get you, he gets you to agree with him. It's over. You are done. Thank you. Stand to your feet and let's close. Thank you for listening to the word of God with us. Find us on Facebook at Flaming Fire Revolution. God bless you richly and remember, it's a Jesus revolution.